Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to Footballers. This is an extra time pod where we go into the hot takes and questions from our free Discord community, which you can join by simply clicking the link in the show notes. We've got loads of useful things in the Discord from squad building, tactics, player reviews, and so much more. Also wanted to give a big thank you to our sponsors for this month. If you'd like to sponsor the pod and gain auto entry to monthly giveaways, you can do so in the Discord. Let's get into the questions. We've got a little bit further to go on this kind of stuff because we're going right into hot takes. And the first one that I'm going to lead off with I, it's an extremely hot take in my opinion. It's just it's a freezing cold take, but Precise Dom says player of the month Benzema is streets ahead of Road to the Knockout Fakir in every attacking attribute. Steve. I would think that it's probably difficult to disagree with that. I think that people are probably a little bit down on Benzema because of the pace. If you're gonna play him at centre forward, he's at, Benzema would be fantastic in the false nine role for the, the Liverpool tactics, actually. Fakir would do a job as well, but I'd, I'd definitely choose Benzema out of the two. He's got everything that you want apart from apart from pace, and in that sort of centre-forward role, pace really isn't a factor. He's just shooting stats, positioning 92 compared to Fakir's 85. That's a massive deal. Uh, and yeah, to Fakir, to be honest with you, it was a great card at, at the start of the game, but the the power curve has just it's overtaken him already, and he's struggling with the upgrades, isn't he? In the uh, in the Europa League as well. So, Dom, I'm on your side with this one. Benzema 74 balance. I don't know. Seems like he's going to be a clunky player, but I haven't used him. I don't know. I'm usually not a fan of Ben. Well, he's tall, isn't he? Yeah. Tall players rarely have good balance. Yeah. Dylan, what do you think about this one? Curious. Well, I haven't used either of the cards myself, but I've been looking at the stats and just based off what I've played against as well, Benzema causes me problems. He causes me real, real big problems. I think that's probably the only point where you could say Fakir's better is in terms of that dribbling, the, the agility and balance and the pace. But I think it comes back to 
something we were kind of touching on earlier, which is when you've got like someone like Benzema in your team, you're not going to be able to use him the same way as you can use like a, I don't know, say Maximum or something. They're going to be different cards. So you have to change the way you play with him. Yeah. It's just about, yeah, finding the right way to play with these cards. I think if you know how to use this Benzema, I think he'll be much better than Fakir. So I agree with Dom as well. Okay. Paul? Yeah, Benzema is an absolute nightmare to play against. And I think something that gets slept on with him is his passing. He's got 90 vision and 89 short passing. And I think it was his, when his road to the final last year, I used that for a while and it was it a great card. And, you know, he was tall and a little bit clunky, but he, you know, he made up for that. But yeah, this year I've used Fakia and I was really excited the first few games I thought oh this is going to be a good card but like Steve said the, the game seems to have left him behind in a couple of weeks and he, he don't get in my team now really Yeah, I wish I'd done Benzema though the other thing with Benzema as well is that okay, we talked earlier about extra dimensions Fakia is not going to do anything for you aerially at all 66 jumping 52 heading accuracy Benzema on the other side, 82 jumping, 94 heading accuracy. So he's, he's a bit of a sort of triple threat. He can dribble, he can pass, and he can uh, he can offer something aerially. Yeah, that's part of the problem I was having with this. Uh, when I started the Liverpool tactics without watching the video first, um, I was trying to send... As if you do that. I was trying to send crosses in, but my front three was Fakir, Dembele, and uh, Coman initially. Neither one of those three are going to win a header. So I need a big man in the middle. So for me, maybe Benzema would be the guy too late, but maybe I can try the goal version anyway. We'll see. Dem- Dembele is actually sneaky good in the air. I, I mean, I've, I've, I've all but abandoned trying to head it in with those three because I just wasn't having success, but I'm going to keep playing with the squads and try it out some more. The next hot take is from Jack Custard. He says, this is the hottest of hot takes. This is going to sound wild, but Bernardo Silva is a better holding defensive midfielder than Conte. There, I've said it. Oof. As, a, as an owner of both, I, I, it's a hard disagree. Steve? I'm trying to think of where on earth that take could have come from in the first place, um, apart from the pub, really. Uh, I can't think of any way in which Silva would be a better holding midfielder than Conte. It also received... Several yellow and red cards from the from the reactions. <laughs> I, I can imagine, yeah. Um, he's quicker, is he? Just? Can't even imagine there's, there's a great deal in that, really. He's got better passing, better shooting, but he's not going to do much for you defensively, is he? I mean, he's, he's lightweight as well. Nah, that's... Uh, did you say it was Jack? Jack Custard, yeah. Get out of the pub, Jack. <laughs> I mean, maybe as a CM, I could sort of see that 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 agreement going forward. But as a as a holding and defensive midfielder, no way. It's not even close. Does anybody else disagree with this? Put the pipe down, Jack. <laughs> we're gonna move on to the next one. Um, we're gonna come to Dylan first. Totter says, "Hot take: Division one and two are harder than the elite division and much sweatier." There's a huge skill range in Elite, so you get smacked by a pro, then beat someone for nothing. Uh, he said, plus it's more relaxed because people get their seven wins and then just mess around for the rest of the week. Dylan, I'm sure you're already in the Elite division. 
Can you shed some light on this? Yeah. Well, only time I played in Division 1 and 2 was like in the first three days of the game, I think. And then I was in the Elite Division after that. So it's pretty difficult for me to say because yeah. I haven't really played many games in there. Um, I can't really see a world where the Elite Division wouldn't be harder. I'm struggling to understand how mm-hmm. uh, Div 1 would be more difficult, but I can't really comment on it too much. So, look, yeah, I don't know if that's a hot take or not. I, I mean, I can kind of see it as if, in the in, like he's saying, and once you get into the Elite, let's say somebody just had a really strong team at the beginning of the game and everybody else was using your basic cards and he had the advantage going forward. So he had a leg up, he got into division one, two, then got into elite and now he doesn't deserve to be there. Maybe there's a few people like that, but maybe the way people play in division one and two, because they're trying to get to elite is sweatier. Once you get to elite, the pressure's off, you're there, you can't leave it. So I don't know. I think that's what he means. Yeah. Yeah. Try hard. Yeah. I think that the, the depth maybe and the try harding and the comeback on defense might be more apparent in divisions one and two because they're still working towards that end goal. I don't know. What do you think, Steve? I think there's probably some truth in it, to be quite honest with you. I think that, you know, for that reason that we've just outlined, I think that people will (laughs) pretty much exactly as the hot take says, you know, people will try harder because they've got that goal. Whereas once you've hit elite, Obviously, you're still going to have the goal. You still want to get your your skill rating as high as possible. Certainly, in Dylan's case, you know, competitive players. But I think you've sort of once you've hit the top of the tree, maybe you tend to take your foot off the gas a little bit. You know, the average player. So, yeah, I can go along with that. I I think that's a uh, a reasonable take. Okay, Paul, I'm going to come to you on the next one. Jason M. Twenty four. Weekend League is by far the game, the best game mode. It's relaxed, friendly. We all gift each other wins. We all get Team of the Week packs. Everyone is happy. It's ace. Two weeks in a row now, I've won literally four games and been gifted the rest. Well, I wish I could get gifted a few more, but I do agree that uh, Weekend League does seem, for me anyway, the most fun game mode. It seems really chill, really relaxed, but... That could just be my my mindset going into it. I don't seem to be half as stressed as I was when I was playing 30 games in a weekend. The stressful part's the qualification. Are you going to make it there? But once I'm in the weekend league, because rewards are decent, and I don't think I'm ever getting rank one. If I, you know, if I get near rank three, I'm, I'm happy enough. So I think, yeah, I agree with Jason. It's 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 a nice relaxed play a few games. You're not rushing to play thirty. It's it's good. I think it really does. It shows the FIFA community in its best light as well, doesn't it? Because okay, people have got nothing to gain from the last few games that they're giving away, but they could just as easily go to the game and quit out. And you know, let's be honest, a lot of people do do that, but the vast majority of people will actually take the trouble to score an own goal first and give you that win. So I think it's it's nice to see something so positive there. Yeah, I would agree. Um, although these gifts, I'm still I hear a lot of, about these gifts. Three weekend leagues, three competitions. I've, I've gotten no gifts. So let's let's be more charitable in the U.S., folks. Okay, Dylan, do you feel like the weekend league is more chill? I'm sure once you get to a certain ELO, it's not as chill, but. 
at what point does Weekendly become chill to stressful for you going 20 and up? Look, I actually love Weekendly this year. The only thing that I could see, like, that's probably a downfall for a lot of the casual players is this qualification system, having to play the playoffs. Like, even for me, I always forget that the playoffs are a thing nowadays. Um, I'm so used to the last year's system. So I'm always having to rush to get in those playoff games at the very end, just before I go live to stream my games. But I absolutely love Weekend League this year. I don't think there's any point where, like, I stress about if I'm winning or not. If I go 16 and 4, it's the same as 20 and 0. I, I just love that I can use different tactics, different players. I can just put in who I want for one game. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely for me the most enjoyable game mode and just I just most chill game mode as well. I've kind of missed Weekend League being like this. And yeah, those free wins, I haven't been getting many myself. A lot of people tend to uh, just stay in the games and I've come across quite a few toxic individuals. But for the most part, yeah, I think uh, it's it's been a really nice change, a breath of fresh air this year for Weekend League to be just the most enjoyable game mode for me. What's your take on the rewards, Dylan? Because a lot of comp players that I talk to are really unhappy that there's no interval in rewards after 16 wins. So there's no incentive to, to get 18 wins. There's no incentive to get 20 wins. Do you think that's something that should be changed? Yeah, I think when you bring that in though, that's going to that's gonna be when I probably lose some of the enjoyment. Like there's going to be a trade-off. Do you want better awards? Like for a lot of the comp players, they do. Or do you want to enjoy it? And like you can kind of do both at the same time. But as soon as you, I don't know, put in an extra rank on top of the 16 for rank one, that's when you're going to see a lot more players try to win games, play a lot sweatier. So you will definitely see a reduction in enjoyment levels if that was the case. It's difficult to make coins through Weekend League this year, I will say. If you, if you just see the top rewards every year, back from FIFA 17 when you had those monthly rewards um, and then you got the top 100 packs with the 11 informs and stuff, the rewards have dropped, which is probably one of the main things that a lot of the comp players have an issue with. And yeah, just having no incentive to go past 16 wins can be frustrating if you want to stream a couple of games here and there. But I think we got enough competition. I like Weekend League the way it is, so I'm happy with it for now. Yeah, I think the, the format of Weekend League, the finals itself is great. It's the, uh, the qualification process for your average player can be frustrating. And even a lot of above average players struggle to get into the finals myself included it's not easy i did some maths on that i won't go into detail because we've got to move on we've got a lot to get through but your average player could easily potentially have to play 50 games when you go through getting the points through div rivals getting through the playoffs and playing your actual weekend league it could easily amount to 50 games it's a hell of a lot did you run that to see how long that would take Oh, no, I wouldn't want to. About 12 and a half hours. Wow. Going at 15 minutes a game. That's a lot of, that's a lot of time in the chair, man, for your average player. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of average players, Chill Town NYC asked us a question. Casual player said he pretty much does squad battles, but he's struggling to get coins. We kind of just touched on this. He's only got 162,000 coins, but he, should he just stick to squad battles or should he get into playing rivals on a, on a regular basis, getting his ass kicked just to get coins. I think this is up to you, 
Chilltown, I think you should play whatever makes you happy. Whatever mode you're enjoying, you should play it. Once you become basically held to getting coins and playing the game they want you to play it, to me, you're not enjoying it. So that's just my take. I don't know if anybody has anything different. Steve, Dylan, Paul? Can't imagine anything that's less enjoyable than squad battles. I agree. And I just, I hate squad battles. It's boring to me, but that's my opinion. Slight, slight, slightly less flippant answer, I suppose, is why not? Why not try Div Rivals? You, you'll find that if you're used to playing squad battles, playing online is a completely different experience because you can get away with a lot of things in squad battles that will get punished harshly as soon as you get online. So it'll make you a better player, without doubt. And it's just fun, you know. It's, as we've kind of said, it's a little bit more chilled this year. So you will get better rewards there. Hey, you know, what's to lose? Yeah. I mean, you can always go back to squad battles if you're not enjoying it. But uh, I would give it a shot for sure. Uh, Foot Sovereign has a question for Dylan. What skill move would you recommend when running tight to the byline to make space for a double tap pass? Can I can I add a little bit to that question as well, actually? Would you use a double tap pass? I'll start with the skill move. So if I'm on the wing to make a pass inside. It's look, it's a skill move cancel for me. I think like because I've played so many competitive games in the elite division and whatnot, you don't really get away with the the simple skill moves on the wing like you would against a more casual player. Skill move cancels, in particular the McGeady spin cancel, will be the most effective, but that is quite a an advanced skill move. So a more simple one against like just your average player. The Boral scoop works well on the wing, works really well. I think what he's actually meaning there is, you know, we call them the sweats, don't we? Like the sweaty pullback. Yeah, yeah. I think inside the yeah. box, yeah, those ones, they, they work really well, the Boral right. scoop if you're on the wing, because they either have to cover the line. If you do the Boral scoop and you turn back, the double tap pass is actually really good off that skill move. The only instance where I would use a double tap pass is inside the box of those cutbacks. In very specific scenarios, I wouldn't try play it like through a defender um, using a double tap pass because in the past they kind of did work because the defender wouldn't intercept it. But uh, I don't really use those double tap passes too much anyways. I think your best bet inside the box of those cutbacks would probably be the Boros scoop, but that is a five-star skill move. Otherwise, I personally just use left-stick dribbling. I find a lot more efficient. Yeah, that's my take on that. How do you do the ball roll scoop? You do a ball roll and then a scoop. Well, what's the what's the movement for scoop? For those who don't know, go on, Dylan. <laughs> this, this is really yeah, so, easy to explain without showing somebody. Yeah, it's pretty simple. So you obviously got your ball roll, which everyone should know how to perform, and then the scoop is just a fake shot, pretty much directly after your ball roll, and you hold the left stick in the direction you want to perform the scoop. So whichever buttons you use for a fake shot, square and X or circle and X or B and A on Xbox as well, it's just a ball roll and then a fake shot directly after, but you're moving your left stick in the direction you want to exit with the scoop. Perfect. And it's got to be kind of, it's 45 degrees, isn't it, to where the player's facing? Otherwise, he'll just come yeah. out at completely the wrong angle and you won't get the scoop. Mm. Yeah, you're going to want to, perform the scoop in the opposite direction to which you perform the ball roll. So if you're doing a ball roll to the right, you're going to want to hold your 
uh, left stick to the left when performing the uh, the scoop. It's a much quicker way of turning. Um, it's definitely more effective if you're doing it that way. And can we give a can we give a bit of love to the driven pass for the sweaty pullbacks as well, rather than the double tap? Yes, for sure. That I was going to mention it, but I kind of hesitated off it. The driven passes are much more effective than any form of passing this yeah. year. I think that has to be the go-to. Yep. The next question is from Martin P. He was using a Syria League uh, hybrid squad since the start of the game, basically, and was playing well. Then he started to play like shit and went ahead and changed his team. How long do you think it takes for someone to get used to a new team? Paul, you're somebody who changes your team quite a bit. How long does it take you to get used to it? Well, the game's been out six weeks and I'm still trying to get used to it. But, you know, I think it depends how much you're changing, how much you, your tactics and stuff you're changing. But it does take a while to get used to certain players, doesn't it? You know, I think the more you use somebody, the more you you realise their capabilities. But I think a lot of people do sort of get in that, oh, this isn't working, and the, the swap the teams around. I think... People just need to give cards a little bit longer, you know, play a few more games with them. Saying that, I'm, you know, forever swapping players in and out, but that's that's more for fun. Just, you know, cards I've been trading with or whatever, I'll just use them for a few games and then get rid of them. But yeah, stick with them. And then, you know, once you've played a weekend league or, you know, 20 games, if you're not getting on with them, get rid of them then. A few more questions. We have. Um... Old Man Foot is asking any advice for dealing with press, especially after making a tackle. I feel like I either give it away or get tackled far too often. Steve, do you want to handle this one? Dealing with the press, we've kind of talked about that a bit in the, the Coach and the Pro show, I think with Lucasinho. We went into that in some depth, so I definitely recommend going back through the archives and, and checking out that episode. To just very briefly paraphrase it, you need to be manually triggering runs from your players. So whether you're calling them short or sending them past the, the defender that's marking them, both can be effective. Uh, Lucas uses one, I use the other. So take your pick. In terms of after a tackle, that's the interesting aspect of it because tackling is where RNG really does come into it. So it's kind of unpredictable. And by the nature of something being unpredictable, it's difficult to sort of legislate for that. You know, it's difficult to say this will work, this won't work. You've you've got to be able to react. It's, it's, it's where twitch reactions are, are useful. You've got to be ready to go wherever the ball goes. You've got to be able to assess the situation quickly so you can see how that deflection has affected the shape of your teams if that's left you in a weak position, if you need to cover space somewhere. Um tricky I, I don't think there's a there's a coverall answer there really um yeah read and react to an extent i guess yeah you know that that's something you touched on that helped me a lot when i'm i still struggle against pressure but i'm better at it now after talking with steve but when you make a tackle a lot of times when you do there's space around you just go into that space don't necessarily force a pass immediately so if you do tackle somebody, just get yourself into space, call somebody near or send somebody on a run, but you never want to pass into the midfield because if you lose the ball in the midfield after making a tackle, you're not positioned well to defend any kind of counter. So that would be that would be my opinion on this one. The, the other thing to add there as well, Hunter, uh, is if you're getting tackled, 
there's a very high probability you're spending too long on the ball. And it's really important against the press that you move the ball quickly. You've, you've got to move it quickly. If, if you've got to play the ball backwards to go forwards, do that. But don't delay on the ball too much or you will get tackled. Yeah. Anything you need to add, Dylan? Um, I mean, I'm still struggling with the press. I think how effective the constant pressure tactic is this year. It's so effective. It's very difficult to give you a pinpoint answer. As I said, I'm still trying to figure out how to play out of the press myself. I personally like, as Steve mentioned before or alluded to, sending your players on runs, calling them short, going long. It's definitely the best way to handle it. Um, I personally like playing long balls over the top rather than short, um, but that's just personal preference. And that's that's the other option as well. It's just to lump it long to a big striker as well. You know, you can... Because there is so much space, players get dragged out of position in the press, don't they? So if you lump it up long to a striker, I have rule breakers on Outovich on the bench. And if late in the game, my opponent goes to press, I'll always bring him on because, you know, with that extra bit of space, he can win the header and the knockdown will tend to go to your player. And it's really easy to pick a defence apart if that happens because there are gaps everywhere. Yeah. And if you're being pressed, chances are you have the lead. So even if you do just lump it forward, you're not conceding a goal. You're getting it, you're clearing it, get it out of the way, just make that game safe, seal that game up. And if you have to do that three or four times, so what? You're taking time off the clock. But no one's going to be pressing you if they have the lead like that. If Well, I say no one. Most people aren't. So just try not to get wrapped up in it. Last question, and this one is going to go to Dylan because I feel like this is a, a question that professionals are familiar with, but is it ever worth to manually move your keeper? Every time I see someone move their keeper, I feel like a kid in a candy store. I don't personally move my keeper. Even on like a competitive level, I never move my keeper. There are situations where, yes, it can be worth it. The thing with keeper movement though, is if you get the timing wrong, you're giving up a free goal. The counter argument to that is when you get it right, you can save a goal. So it's definitely... Something that uh, you can do and it's worth in certain scenarios, but it's one of those things, higher risk, higher reward. I wouldn't say it's a necessity to have in your game. I find that this year holding the, the triangle button does the job anyways. You don't really need to move the right, click the right stick in and move him left or right. But yeah, that's something that I've just never done. So I do have a bit of bias there because I haven't really experimented too much with it. I've always just trusted my keeper to make certain saves from angles. And rather than focusing on keeper movement, I've always focused on trying to prevent people from getting into those shooting positions where I'd have to move it. But as a last ditch effort to stop a goal, it can be useful at times, yeah. You know, one area of the game where Steve really gave me some really good advice was on corners. The way that the defense just packs in and most players that aren't crossing it in, they're going to send it out and they're going to try to hit that long finesse from the 45-degree angle. I was conceding a ton of goals like that. And if you don't get pressure on them soon enough, they're going to fly in. Steve told me, try moving your keeper to that back corner anytime they kick it out to that direction. And since I've been doing that, I've conceded far fewer. Some of them still fly in, but far fewer. Steve, are you, are you still making that part of your game? Yeah, definitely. And I think corners is... Uh, Dylan would agree with this. It's, it's not the question he was asked, so I understand why you haven't mentioned that. But well, I know for a fact you move your keeper 
out to the edge of the six yard box, don't you? When, when you're facing a corner, just to stop those near post corners as much as anything. So yeah, you, you've you've got to move your keeper in certain situations in one on ones. Completely agree with what Dylan said there. And another little tip as well, actually, what what Dylan was saying about bringing out your keeper with triangle or Y. If you do that, as you want your keeper to make the save, be sure that you let go of Y or triangle, because what will happen there is that the keeper will actually set his feet and he's much better equipped to make a save. It really, really does make a difference. It might sound like, you know, something that's neither here nor there. But yeah, don't don't have triangle or Y pressed as the keeper is actually making the save. Let him set his feet. You'd be surprised. Yeah, makes sense. That is going to do it for questions and hot takes. And that is going to do it for this week's pod. It's a really special episode. And don't forget to check the show notes. There's going to be a link for those Liverpool tactics. Real quick, we'll go around the horn. Dylan, thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming on and taking the time to do this. This is a really difficult uh, recording to do with the time zones, you know, U.S., Australia and the UK, but um, where can the people find you on Twitch and Twitter? Because your streams are very educational. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate uh, being back. I really enjoyed this one. Bit of a different view, uh, just more general foot stuff. Yeah. You can find me on Twitch at Dylan Campbell underscore at the end of that. And yeah, on Twitter as well, just D Campbell 20 underscore. And that's where you can find me. Hopefully I can help you guys out. If you uh, have any questions about gameplay or anything foot related. I'm more than happy to help. Perfect. Sounds good. You'll be hearing from me, I promise. Um, Steve, where can they find you? Find me the usual place, at the foot coach on Twitter. We are getting closer to a position where there might be the occasional stream coming up. I've started work on building my own Road to Glory account. So with that being set up and running, that's that's definitely a step in the right direction. But yeah, if you, if you want to sort of get ahead of the curve and follow me on Twitch, it's twitch.tv forward slash the foot coach. Definitely make the effort to get over and check out Dylan's streams. If you're in the UK, he tends to stream sort of mid-morning. and There's a bit of a gap in the market at that time. So if you're around and you want a good stream to watch, somebody who knows the game and is willing to share their knowledge of the game, check out Dylan. It's good stuff. Nice. Paul. Um, right foot on Twitter and Twitch. W-R-I-G-H-T-F-U-T. Right fucking foot. <laughs> also, can I just say that we've uh, started putting a little bit more effort into the trading in the Discord, and uh, people have been making a few coins this week, so if you are not in the Discord, and you want to make some coins, get yourself in there. I'm always there to answer any questions I'll have you. Link is in the show notes, and we're going to continue to build that out as people request new content, new channels, stuff like that. Um, started my first stream today on the footballers pod channel and you can find that twitch.tv forward slash footballers pod that's footballers with a z you can follow me on twitter at the underscore foot underscore hunter and you can follow the show at footballers pod thanks for tuning in this week and we'll catch you next time Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.